Hi creeps, welcome to the second annual New Year's Eve special in which me and Alex will be talking about some of our favorite horror films from 2021. See you on the other side of the intro music. The girls who cried be horror. Hey creeps, how are ya? Happy almost New Year, it's me as always Anya. Hi, everybody. It's Alex, your favorite horror bitch. Yeah. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, truly. Um, I am so excited to do this episode. I love that we consistently are like, it's our favorite thing to do and we've done it one time. But after today, I can officially say it'll be my favorite thing. Well, because it's something that we can prep for all year. It's just yeah. like, it, we get to look back at the whole year. So that's really fun. But then like as the next year happened for us in 2021 mm-hmm. it was like okay we know we're gonna do this episode again so then the whole year it's like well I'm one of us is absolutely gonna talk about that one so then yeah. like and it's also nice because not we don't always like whether it become you know time wise we don't always have the time even if we both like a movie to sit down and record a minisode on it and sometimes mm-hmm. like one of us like really fucks with the movie and the other one does it so we're like oh we're not gonna do a minisode so this also is a right uh, a great way at the end of the year for us to both get out of our system movies that like we really want to talk about for one reason or another we didn't prior to this mm-hmm. so I'm excited yeah I mean I also just love being able to recommend movies to people I love being able to talk up movies that I really love because I mean on a lot of our main episodes I really enjoy the films that we talk about but a lot of them are older films or things I maybe have issues with whereas like this I get to come in and be like these five films check this shit out they are hot I love them you know yes <laughs> uh, but just to preface uh, as a reminder for um those of you who listened last year's episode um and for anyone who is a first-time listener to our new year's eve special um the way it will run is alex and i have both picked five uh of our favorite horror films of the year to be clear these aren't necessarily our specific top five these are just five that we both really liked there is definitely overlap between picks um Maybe, as I said, some that we, you know, maybe the other person didn't love, but you know what, we're keeping it positive. It's the end of the year. After we each individually get through our five, we're also going to grace you um, with some films that we are excited for in the upcoming year, and then um, some other tangential-esque recommendations that we'll get to. But yeah, it should be a fun time. And it is to be noted that it is a spoiler-free episode because we are promoting these films. We're encouraging you to seek them out and watch them. Um, we don't want to spoil anything for you. So it's spoiler-free, so you don't have to pause and listen later. Yeah, absolutely. I would never want to ruin your movie-going experience for a new film. Um, so, Alex, why don't you kick us off? What's your first pick for a favorite? Okay. this year? Oh, my God. So exciting. Okay. So the first film that I'm going to recommend for 2021 is a movie called The Voyeurs, which is an Amazon Prime original, I believe. It's a two-hour film, and it's streaming on Prime. It stars Sydney Sweeney and Justice Smith. Um, The basic premise is a young couple who have moved in together into their, like, beautiful dream apartment. I believe that it's set in Paris, I want to say. That it is, was confusing. This is not a spoiler, but like, yeah, it is confusing because it's yeah. like, it doesn't seem like it's set in Paris for the most part because it just feels like it could be any like U.S. city. Mm-hmm. Um, There's like a couple people who speak French, but like, and it's never at a addressed. Bar. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. they're all speaking French for a minute, and then you're like, so is it Paris? But then like every other scene, everyone just like speaks English. 
Yeah, I was confused, but by the end, I was like, okay, I do think we're in France here, but I'm not positive. I, I'm going to argue that they're not, only because okay. French people fucking hate Americans, and there is no <laughs> world in which you would go to France and they'd all just be like, oh, we'll speak American, almost an American. American, oh my <laughs> They all going to speak English for the American. I know, but like, the people who speak French in the film are a bartender and a real estate agent, so they're like professionals, and the, I... Um, she works at like an optometry facility and the name of it is in French. So all of those things lead me to believe. And and a lot of the characters have like British accents. So it seems like it could be in Europe. You're right. It's just so, a, a choice. That's it, it is. I agree. Um, but basically, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like mm. rear window for the Gen Z crowd, I guess. It's mm. very, um, you know, it's about a young couple who move into their apartment. They realize that they have a clear ass view into the apartment across the street which is a very attractive young couple who are just boning left and right and essentially they decide to spy on them and mayhem ensues um i think it's just a really fun sexy time there's a lot of twists and turns it's definitely like a mystery thriller um i have seen some criticism of the third act which i understand i do think that one of the twists you know is a little bit left field, but at the same time, I was having such a good time with it that I was just like, fucking take me where you're going to take me. I don't give a shit. Um, it, and I do think there are some really dark elements. I think it ends on a very dark note. Um, you see some good boobies, you know, all around. You see some incredible boobies. Yeah, I don't know why I said good. I don't mean to, you know, They're not lessen. so far by any mean. They're no. the best boobies in the world, debatably. <laughs> <laughs> they are excellent boobies. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend. I just think it's like a really fun easy watch even though it is two hours i think it goes by really quickly i was never bored i was really invested in the story and all of the the left turns and twists that they took me on so check that shit out if you don't like the final act i get it but you know just let yourself have fun live with it it is a little bit of a a turn your brain off movie a little bit and i think it's definitely something that's fun to watch with other people um Mm -hmm. because it can be first of all it's a movie that's three thousand percent thinking with its dick and only with its dick um which can be fun in certain circumstances um but yeah i mean it's a movie that like pre me watching it i was like this gonna be bad this is gonna be <laughs> bad bad um because i believe it's an amazon prime original not to shit on I amazon so. prime but like you know it is what it is um mm-hmm. but surprisingly i was pretty entertained throughout the whole thing i mean there is yes there is a point maybe midway through where a moment happens where you think something might happen and I was hoping it was going to happen and I was like, oh yes. And then how this will fucking like domino from here will be really fun. And then it didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It went a, a similar but different direction. And at first it was like, well, what? okay. And then yeah, choices from that point I didn't love 100%. But by the end debate, I was like, you know what? I didn't hate this. I didn't get to the end and I didn't absolutely detest the third act. Like I wasn't like, well, now the whole movie's fucking ruined. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a preferable version that I've invented in my mind perhaps that could have happened. <laughs> but you know what? I was entertained. There's definitely some like, you know, it's fun. It's a fun movie. If you go in and you turn your brain off and you're just looking for like a fun, thrilling, horny time, you will be satisfied. I do think it's one of the horniest movies I've seen this year, for sure. Of course, bro. Let me tell you, I'm fucking watching it because um, I'm home for the holidays. So I was watching it 
um, pre-recording this. And of course, in classic mom fashion, my mom comes in, <laughs> she's asking me about it. And like, which is fine. It's not like I've never watched anything with sex in it with my mom present, but there's a lot of fucking sex. It's like very sexual. And of course, at first she's asked, like, oh, so that's like so-and-so and blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, mom. Yeah, mom. And then I'm like, <laughs> please leave before someone starts like eating ass or something. Like, get out. <laughs> I love it. Uh, good for Marisa. But yeah, so excellent yeah. first choice. Excellent first Thank choice. Thank you. Um, okay, so my first pick, for this year's episode is actually the film that I brought up in last year's New Year's Eve episode as the 2021 horror release I was most excited for. So very happy that paid off. Um, It is the film titled Psycho Goreman, PG for short, uh, directed by Stephen, I'm not going to pronounce the last name right, so don't get mad at me all. Actually, I can. Kostansky. Stephen (laughs) Stephen Kostansky. I like look at it and I go actually sound it out. Yeah. Um, But it is so fun. I mean, I talked about it briefly and what it was about in last year's episode, um, but essentially the premise is um, it's very uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, this like kind of like really fucking scary, um, I referred to him last year as Jeeper Cre- Jeepers Creepers from Space, and that's kind of exactly what he looks like, um, yeah. alien dude who's like damned to earth and then these two kids unearth him in their backyard and because of like some, I believe like gemstone or some part of him that they have control of they then control him and he hates them he's reluctant to it but he's like their like best friend slave um and while he's on earth another alien has come like he's like he's been resurrected so it's like beaconed to them and she comes to earth to try to kill him um it's so fun uh there's a lot of really great practical effects and like suits that they put people in but I think what really works for this movie is if you go in because at first like it was like not jarring but I was like okay okay and when I kind of like clicked with what it was the vibe was it really uh hit for me it's very cartoonish even though it's all live action it's very cartoonish it's very cartoonish characters very cartoonish logic um I will say that I didn't love every single character uh I know that there were certain yeah I'm gonna have something I want to say yeah there were certain characters in this that I know were grading and didn't run people the wrong way in the fact that they were annoying and I don't disagree um for me I mean the star of this movie is PG Psycho Goreman which is the name that the children give him um they like keep him mind you these are not spoilers um uh, they like keep him in like a warehouse and he reads like Fangoria magazines I'm pretty sure and also mm-hmm. like um, he has a line where he talks about hunky boys that is <laughs> one of my favorite lines of any movie in 2021 but I just think it's really really fun and I just really commend um, you know this filmmaker who obviously is more of an indie film and you know you try to champion those as much as possible and just as we've said a million times, we're suckers for practical effects and stuff like that. And I think it's so cool. And I just really love the concept. And as someone who, one, loves cartoons, grew up watching cartoons, especially cartoons like the shit you would see on, you know, Cartoon Network, which is always skewed a little bit darker. Um, this kind of feels like it's part of that canon. Um, so I'm, I was a huge fan of this movie. And it was one I watched very early on in the year. And it was like very exciting to like, because a lot of times, you know, we can get excited for a movie, any kind of movie, and then you watch it and you're disappointed because it doesn't live up to the hype. And it was very exciting to watch this early on in the year and be like, yeah, and it was awesome, and I'm so happy. 
Do you know where it's streaming for people to watch? It's a Shutter release, baby. So it's it's Shutter, going Shutter, which is so funny because in last year's episode we were like, it's probably going to get picked up by Shutter, and it did. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised. I think it's something that I would like to give a rewatch to. Maybe I should have done it before we recorded this episode, but I also watched it earlier this year. Um, I agree with you on a lot of things. I think the practical effects are definitely the best part of it. I think there's a side character who, honestly, he's done a little bit dirty, but he's also probably my favorite character. I know exactly Um, who you're talking about. It's one of the other children that... Yes, I love him, but like, poor thing. Um, it's, it is fun. I think for me, I just could not get over how, well, I want to preface this by saying that I think there's potentially a misconception out there that I hate children because I don't hate (laughs) children. No, you just want them dead. I just am okay seeing them die if it's realistic in the plot because, you know, if they're going to get killed and it makes sense, that's fine. Don't shy away from it. But, like, if you're, you know, if you're a cute kid, I love you, you know, i.e. our dolls episode, love that child. The little girl in this movie, and I think it's partially the writing, and I think it's partially the actress that they cast, for me, personally, was the most insufferable character of the year. So, just, you know, just to put that out there, because... She really ruined the movie for me personally. And I think if I rewatched it and was like, I know that I'm not going to enjoy this character's personality, but enjoy everything else around it, I think I will have a much better time with it. Um, But I just really, really did not like her. Um, Or the dad. I felt that the two of them together Mm. made me want to kind of rip my eyes out. But everything else was really fun. And I agree with you. I mean, I'll, I'll go on record and say that I too didn't particularly like her character and I haven't seen this young actress in anything else so I cannot speak to if it's I don't care for her acting or whatever but with that being said she's a bad actress I think she just I think she really embodied the role and I think the role was of an annoying pretentious like eight-year-old kind of like evil little girl but like the thing about it is like I keep comparing it to Grand Adventures of Billy and Mandy for those who are familiar the difference being and I loved Mandy growing up I still love Mandy is that she is this like she wears pink and she's very cutesy but she is just like dark and evil and you do not want to step Mm -hmm. to her where this girl is more like she chugged pop rocks and coke before every take and it's just like like like, a sociopath like maniacal evil like like the whole time and you're like you know it's just like any kid like that even in real life when you have like a kid and they're at a fucking 10 all the time you're like I I love you I need you to be at like a fucking five for a second like I cannot do this the whole time yeah she just like did a lot of mean things oh for sure she's mean spiritedness and I was like "Mm, little girl enjoy what you have you have a beautiful family in this (laughs) psycho beautiful house this beautiful wife um But, yeah, I mean, despite even me, someone that loved this movie, not liking her, I still really like this movie. And I think that really goes to show that, like, it's definitely worth checking out if you have not seen it yet. Um, But any fucking who, Miss Alex, what's your next pick? My next pick is a movie that I just watched. It's something I'd been sleeping on, but I knew it was something I needed to check out for the end of the year, and it just made my list, which is The Medium. Mm. It is a Thai film. It's currently streaming on Shudder. It's a little bit over two hours, but I will say, for me at least, it did not feel like it was two hours, ten minutes. It really like had an excellent pace. It kept me intrigued the whole time. I was never like, oh my god, how much longer is this? Um, the basic premise of The Medium is um, it's a found footage film, which honestly... 
I, I Anya is a huge found footage mm-hmm. fan. I can be hit or miss, you know. I think a lot of them can be, you know. I think it's a great way to do a low budget film, but I think that sometimes it really comes across that way of like, mm, you didn't put like a ton of extra work into this because you're like, oh, well, it can look a little bit wobbly here and there, so whatever. But this was so crisp and beautiful. I think the found footage element to it worked so well. Yeah. It's basically about um, a, it's a small village in Thailand where they believe in shamanism. They have shamans. They have, they have these gods that they worship and they believe that one person uh, in a family, I think, I believe it's always a woman is like, can channel the god or goddess and heal other people through them. And, there's a family who one woman has become a shaman and her niece starts to develop these symptoms that they believe are the symptoms of when the goddess will come to you and you will become the new shaman. But as it goes on, her behavior is more erratic and disturbing and they come to realize it might not be this goddess that we worship. It might be something darker and more evil. And it's essentially a possession film. And for me personally, I'm not really a huge possession kind of person I find a lot of American possession films to be a little bit cheesy and like over the top and dramatic probably just because of my own personal relationship with Catholicism which Mm -hmm. I feel like most possession films are rooted in because you know God and the devil and demons and you know it can just get a little bit over the top for me a little loud a little clunky and like just just like crazy action for action's sake instead of like genuinely being scary and I don't know if it's because this is a different religion that maybe I'm not as well versed in, so I don't have these kind of like barriers up for, or if it was just because it was really, really well made. I think it's a combination. But I found the possession in this film to be terrifying, the way that she speaks, the way that she moves her body. She's so scary and not somebody that I would want to be fucking with in any way. Um, it also, again, I feel like pretty much almost all of my films go this way, like has a very, very dark final act um it really really gets kind of vicious near the end and i think it's fucking dope i yeah i think it has some humor it has some gore definitely some terrifying imagery and yeah i think like i said the pacing is excellent it never really feels like it's two hours ten minutes so if you are a fan of possession films or foreign films or just really, really dope horror, I suggest The Medium. I also really enjoyed The Medium. It was one that was on a lot of um, recommend lists for the year. And even before I was looking up, you know, best of horror for the year list, I was just seeing it like heavily promoted by Shutters, being this great film, which can also be hit or miss. But I checked it out and I had no fucking clue that it was found footage until it started. And I was like, oh my god this is found footage which of course immediately i was like oh, amazing this is so exciting. i guess it's like a duck it's like a mockumentary i guess but i would i really like a lot of the time when found footage films do that because sometimes mind you there's a there's another film that came out this year that kind of did the similar structure of like we're making a documentary about something else and oh my god it got dark which didn't work for me but you know you know it's all fine and well when you want to do the paranormal activity like we're searching for ghosts let's see what we find and something horrifying happens. Great. I love the paranormal activity movies. Most of them. Um, but I do like, and I think it can be really effective, just like logistically wise, when you're like, why would someone have a camera in this situation? Or blah, blah, blah. When you approach the subject of like, well, we're making a documentary about this. And it's scary. Like, a ma- it's like, you know, a real life thing. Like, what if you were just like 
a documentarian doing this thing or looking into some subject mm-hmm. and you found something really dark and now you're in it. Like, this does it really well. Um, the taking of uh, Deborah Logan does it well. Wreck does it really well. Like, mm-hmm. where it is just, like, all of a sudden and we just, we're just going to keep rolling because crazy shit's happening and we might as well record it. So I think that works really well, especially here. I was so excited that it was found footage. And, yeah, um, I did feel, which this is honestly not even specific to this film. It's most films nowadays. It did run a tad bit long for me. It was getting near the end, and I was like, okay, let's ramp it up a little bit. But it is also, to its credit, it is effective in the slow build of, like, something is happening to this girl. You know, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? And then it's like, oh, well, like, it's this thing that we've been, you know, documenting, like, this arrival of, like, the goddess into her body, and she's going to be, like, the shaman or whatever. And then from there, it's like, but then why is this happening? And it just, like, keeps going, and it gets darker and darker and more, like, fuck, we cannot turn back. Um, but, yeah, high recommend for sure. Yeah, I, I do think that its use of how slow they build the tension is super effective because I feel like they spend so much time in the first, like, 45 minutes to an hour just getting you, you know, comfortable with the family and the characters and just, like, getting to know everybody. And things don't really start to go off until maybe about an hour, hour 15 maybe when like things start to be like oh this seems strange and so it does feel more genuine because it is so much just kind of like a drama and a learning of these people's culture that I I thought was really interesting because I didn't know a lot about either um so yeah I mean I appreciate that I don't want to just be kind of like tossed into mayhem ever so I appreciate how slowly it builds up to what it ends up becoming which is fucking mayhem by the end um yeah just very very powerful and effective for me and i think yeah what you're saying about like learning about this culture because like from Mm -hmm. the jump like that's what they're there to do is to learn about this like practice Mm -hmm. and like how these people like live and like respect this goddess and how they like communicate with her and all this stuff so i think it it, instead of doing the cheap almost american probably thing to do which is just like even if you started with that we're gonna do 10 minutes of that fuck it now Mm -hmm. it's balls to the walls fucking people bleeding from the eyes whatever where it is just like you know it is effective because, like, sure, I'm watching a horror movie. I'm not here to watch a doc- a real documentary per se. But, like, it makes the horror of it unique because now it is tied into, like, the culture and what they believe and, like, what this thing could really be in relation to what we know that they believe in and they practice. Mm-hmm. So, which makes it, like, a u- its own unique and standalone possess- possession film rather than the run-of-the-mill, like, we're going to remake The Exorcist of wh- whoever the fuck this time in america there's one of those films every fucking year i swear to god like the exorcist of insert name here yeah seriously so yeah a wonderful pick once again um let's see and the fun thing so far is that all these are streaming not all of them last year that we picked were available but thus far all of them are available to view those Uh, are my only two that are streaming for free but the others are all available to rent i will make note um okay my next pick is um a Quiet Place Part 2, The Squeakquel Baby. Um, <laughs> can you believe that I picked a sequel? But um, I really fucked with this movie. I really liked A Quiet Place. That was one of the most interesting theater experiences I ever had in my life. It was obviously pre-pandemic times. I was in college. I went with like five friends in a packed fucking theater some woman was like whispering to her friend as like the opening credits were like coming on and the guy behind us like told her to shut the fuck up so forcefully 
and there was not a sound <laughs> from anyone in the theater for the rest of the movie. It was intense. Incredible. But this was not my first movie back in theaters uh, when they reopened. It was Spiral, as some of you might remember. But this, I believe, was the one after it. Um, and I was really excited for it. So that maybe, you know, heightened my experience to some extent. Um, I don't think it's better than the original. I don't think it's a shock to anyone or as good even. But I really, really liked it. I think it's an effective sequel. Um, I think that, um, let me pull up her fucking name here Millicent I believe it's called Millicent Simmons uh who is the deaf lead of the film I think that she is fantastic and I think that you know choosing to showcase her even more in this sequel was a really great decision you have Cillian Murphy who's also introduced kind of you know to take in a way John Krasinski's place um but yeah I just really enjoyed this once again it's a sequel. There was definitely elements to it where I was like, that didn't feel necessary or like that wasn't as fleshed out or as perfect or as good as the original. But as a whole, it was really good. Um, once again, not a spoiler, but it does really well. It opens up with kind of like the beginning of like how this all began pre A Quiet Place, which sometimes can like ruin shit for me when it's like, I don't need you to explain the monster. Like now you've kind of, you've done too much explaining. So I was really hesitant about that going in, but they really, really well uh, captured something that I love so much, which is that Stephen King-esque small town horror of like, here's this beautiful little small town. Everybody knows each other. It's really quaint. And then, horror strikes out of thin fucking air um and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie for me and I just like really enjoyed it and the best part of this whole fucking movie is that it is a delicious 97 fucking minutes I couldn't even believe like no word of a lie because I didn't check before I went in how long it was gonna be the credits started playing and I was like is this a prank not even (laughs) because I was like why isn't there more I was like oh my god and it's over they were just like we did it that was enough and I was like Honestly, John Krasinski, you have my respect. I don't know if you've done anything bad in your life I don't know about, but you have my respect. I will say that I've met John Krasinski, and he is a delightful man. He was so kind and wonderful and attractive and tall. I was his little bodyguard at the movie theater. (laughs) I was the bodyguard for, like, the 6'5", dude. It was great. If I met John Krasinski now, I wouldn't say anything about The Office, nothing else. I would literally be like – Thank you for making A Quiet Place Part 2 97 minutes, King. <laughs> you are a real one for that. I also really enjoyed A Quiet Place 2. I mean, I like A Quiet Place. I don't think I like it as much as, I would say, the general public. Mm-hmm. I, I like. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like anything groundbreaking for me. Um, so when the sequel came out, I was a little bit like, mm, I don't know if I need a sequel for this. Like, I feel like he yeah. did it, and he did it well, and I don't know really how far there is to go. Um, and I do think that, at times this film kind of felt like it was kind of just like a middle piece for whatever the next film is going to be. Like there were times where I was like, I don't know if there's really a ton of like, I just didn't feel like the stakes were particularly high here aside from like a few moments where like each group of people that have separated have to like somehow fight off one of the creatures like oh, as an overall story, I didn't feel like the stakes were super high. It kind of felt like um, like there wasn't a huge amount of plot for me. But aside from that, I think it felt like the shortest film I've seen this year, hands down. When it ended, I yeah. also was like, oh, that's it, we're done. Which I think also kind of ties into the fact that I feel like not a ton happens plot wise for me, and that's probably why I was like, oh, we're done. Okay, cool. Well, I enjoyed that. But I will say, to its credit, 
I and I'm going to go on a limb here and be ballsy and say okay. that the opening of this film is the best opening in 2021. I think I was the first 10 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, that's the best filmmaking John Krasinski has ever done. And I don't know if he will top it because it's suspenseful. The camera work is fucking incredible. This, I mean, it's in all the trailers, but when she's driving her car and the bus is coming at her and the creatures coming out of it, it was so scary and so well done. Oh, chef's kiss. The whole sequence, the baseball field, mm-hmm. when they're in the store, it's just everything about it is controlled chaos because there's so much happening. It's loud. It's crazy. People are getting fuck, fucked up left and right, getting pulled into the air. But I can still like very clearly see everything that's happening. It's crisp. It's easy to follow. And it's scary. It was just so, 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 so good. And I, you know, I don't think that the rest of the film lived up to the fucking pedestal he put that opening on. But I don't think really anything could have because it was so perfect. So I will. I mean, go I, I'm, I'm a fan for like of a movie that pulls me in from the fucking jump. If you can get me in those first 10 minutes, I'm, I'm in the whole ride. And this movie definitely does that. I'm going to go on the same limb as you and say, yeah, it probably is the best opening. Not even just of a horror film, of any film this year. Um, What I'll also say in its favor, because I already brought these two up, but um, Millicent and Cillian kind of like have a, they kind of have their thing. And then, um, oh my God, what is her fucking name? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt and Noah whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Noah. <laughs> you know what, King? He's making more money than me. He's fine if I can't remember his last name. Um, <laughs> they have their own thing. And I definitely felt that Millicent and Cillian had the more interesting storyline and the one that I was more interested in following. And okay. I think it was because it plays into that trope, girl, that, you know, I fucking gobble up like it is breakfast, which is the kind of reluctant father figure, rugged man type shit who then mm-hmm. has to adopt a child, whether it be a daughter or a son. I mean, it's the blueprint for so many fucking things I like, including The Mandalorian with the little baby Yoda. Um... But it made me think of one of my favorite, if not my favorite, video games ever, The Last of Us, which, thank fucking Christ, is coming to HBO as a TV show, and I can't even talk about it further because I will foam at the mouth. But it made me think about that and it made me really excited for that because it was kind of that, like, we're at the end of the world. Here's this, like, rugged dude who, like, wants to be on his own because he's lost his own family, like, with a fucking beard, and he has to now take this fucking girl somewhere. Like, it's quite literally the blueprint. Um, I mean... The Last of Us was the blueprint, not A Quiet Place Part 2. But it was following <laughs> said blueprint. So I was like, yeah. Honestly, you guys can regurgitate this fucking type of story 20 times over, and I don't even care. I will eat it up every time. Like, it's the most delicious meal I've ever had in my life. So. Yeah, I mean, I will be watching the third one when it inevitably comes out. So I think it did its yeah, job. for sure. Yeah. For sure. <sighs> Very good choice. Thank you, thank you. Okay. My third pick is a movie that I saw in theaters which honestly for me this year was rare um, mm. as somebody who pre-pandemic obviously worked in the movie theater but probably saw a movie in theaters like three or four times a week to this year I saw maybe like 10 to 12 movies in theaters truly devastating but this is one of them and I think it really benefited from it because the sound design is incredible and having being in like a big theater big auditorium with surround sound and having the sound mixing that this film has. Oh my God, I was so scared. Uh, my pick is going to be The Night House, directed oh, by yes. David Bruckner, starring uh, Rebecca Hall, who, fun fact, I also met at the theater. Did you She's really? Very, 
Yeah, she's a very tall woman. Very, very tall. What did she watch at the theater for? Just seeing uh, a movie? Not to see our friend Christine, though. She came <laughs> She came to do a Q&A for the film Christine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she uh, she hung out in our projection booth, and she watched her movie through the little, like, porthole, and she thought it was really cool. Oh. She was nice. Um, but yeah, this movie is, I think it's a very, like, quiet, kind of subdued horror movie, especially compared to the other two that I've talked about so far. Um, the basic premise is that she plays a recent widow who has lost her husband, I don't want to go into any details about what happened because I went in blind and I thought it was more effective that way. Um, She's living in this house that he has built for them that is like this gorgeous like house on a lake. And she doesn't really understand what happened or why it happened. And she's trying to kind of process her grief and move on with her life. But almost it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Invisible Man where like there are things happening around the house where she's not sure if it's his spirit or something darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a mystery involved where she has to try to like figure out what happened before he passed to kind of discover what's happening with her now. And I am not really someone who gets scared easily, but I will say that this film had two jump scares that fucked my ass up so hard. I jumped out of my skin Mm. one of them came out of nowhere it scared me so bad and the other one even though i knew i could tell exactly what they were doing i was like i like they're setting it up so hard i know exactly what's gonna happen does not matter still scared the shit out of me gave me shivers so any movie that can do that i give in like immense props to because it's hard to really get me with a jump scare but these motherfuckers did it twice um i really like what you know i mean i figured out what i what the twist was maybe like halfway through but even so watching it unfold was still very entertaining and very creepy i felt very satisfied by the end of it and i think rebecca hall gives a very very understated and quiet but powerful performance and if you haven't seen it yet i don't know what you're waiting for because it's really good uh so you should rent it on prime because it is available yeah, I think this film is really fucking good. Um yeah. it's it's very powerful. I mean, you were talking about in other films that you've brought up already, like, oh, like and it gets really dark. Like this is dark throughout, mm-hmm. but it's like a, not dark because like, oh, and then out of nowhere someone does something really fucking depraved or some shit. Like it's dark because it like it's addressing shit like, you know, loss and grief and depression even post like or pre-loss mm-hmm. like and that warps into the whole fucking story and this was one that definitely I have been meaning would really love to rewatch because I liked it after I left the theater but there were there's story stuff where like because most of the story is like her kind of discovering more and more about her husband post-mortem and her mm-hmm. piecing things together and figuring things out amidst this very fucking scary creepy shit happening um so when it's one of those movies where you leave and you're like okay like so what was this part what was this part how does that lead into that and I definitely talked to you about it after we you had seen it I talked to Roberto who is an honorary girl who cried be horror he's been on here before he's a roommate um and after discussing with friends like definitely got more of a grasp but it's one that I would like to go back and see again and fully be like okay this is what the meaning that I take from this um but in terms of scares I'm right there with you because I'll go to a theater and like 
most of the time, especially if I, I usually go to the movies alone and it's dark in a theater, like, sure, if you put something like a big, like, ah, jump scare, like, I'll, like, jolt a little bit. But yeah. I'll be like, okay, whatever, Jesus. It's the sound. It gets you. But in this movie, like, I got scared in a way where as it was happening, and it's something that I feel like people that don't enjoy being scared slash don't, more so don't enjoy horror, won't understand. So it's so hard to explain it to them where I'm like, I was in the fucking theater. And I there are multiple I could think of offhand that, like, truly fucking, like, ups, like it, it upset me. Like, that's the only way I can put it. Like, it happened. And in, I wasn't crying. I wasn't, like, screaming in the theater. It was, like, me, I think, and one other fucking dude in the theater seeing this movie. So it was already, like, eerie. But I remember just internally being like, I want to leave. Like, <laughs> no, like genuinely, I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, I, this has made me so uncomfortable in my own skin. And even though I know that the, the scare has happened, we're past it. This isn't real. It's fucking daylight outside. It, like, upset me. But simultaneously, I was so fucking happy that it upset me so deeply. I was like, oh, what a juicy, incredible scare that could fucking, like, really make me uncomfortable like that. Like, yeah, it was... Oh, so yeah, good. Yeah, because the one, the big scare that like really gave me like shivers, I think was scary to watch happen, but also I think was scary because if I were to put myself in the position that she was in and that thing would happen, the fucking, the soul, my soul would leave my body. I could not exist any further. No, no I'm done. And it was really nice to be on this earth for my 29 years yeah <laughs> but that's it so I feel like that always adds an extra layer of it more like if I can put myself in that person's position and really like imagine what that would feel like mm, it gives me full body chills I think that's what works really well about this is because like neither of us thank god have you know lost a husband or anything like Not that to have would. to do with that yeah good lord girl um but in the sense of like as I was saying pre-even this big event that we start the movie with um she clearly has had like you know mental struggles or whatever which I think sadly a lot of people deal with two different variations in different degrees even at different points in their lives so I think that sense of like feeling lost feel and then like all those things that are normal and make this grounded in a way because it's like those are very real human emotions that people struggle with and they deal with and blah blah and if you have a partner in life you know they take some of that weight sometimes you know all this Mm -hmm. shit and then you add in the horror elements on top of it yeah it works really well to then put you in a position that i think most filmmakers i would hope you know to be effective would want their audience to be in which is that okay now i'm picturing myself in this because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day humans are selfish creatures and yes you can watch a movie and be like you know i'm not in space fighting a fucking alien that's not gonna be it's never gonna be me um but to a certain degree, yeah, you want to insert yourself in a story and be like, okay, I'm going to imagine, like, seeing it through this person's eyes, but, like, as me. And I think this movie, like, it manages to do that really well. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, my next pick, my numero two, three. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Trace? Sure, that one. Oh, um, she took how many years of Spanish did you take? Huh? I took zero. So, oh, what, really? Fucking clock my ass. I took well, French. Oh, you're bougie. But I, so I was gonna say uh, toi, but then I was like, not me going from Spanish to French. Um, <laughs> that's just confused. Okay, my next pick is a Dutch horror film. It's a horror comedy actually called The Columnist, which I um, have had on my watch list um, for a hot minute, and then nearing the end of the year and I was like okay me and Alex are really trying to like get in the last few that we want to see just in case we really like them for this episode and I was like 
it was magically on Shutter. It was on Shutter's like best of the year, and I was like, oh, how convenient. Um, so I watched it, and it was delightful. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, this film, y'all, get ready because you're gonna wet yourselves. Eighty three fucking minutes. Eighty three <laughs> minutes. It is. Oh, it's so juicy. I was like, ooh, yes. Um, but it's really fun. Um, some of you might recall last year's film, not talked about on the pod, just a film in general, Promising Young Woman. Um, I was not a huge fan. Um, there were a lot of things in it that I wasn't on board with, per se. And essentially, like, which to a degree can be my own fault. I wanted the film to go a certain way, Promising Young Woman I'm speaking about, and it didn't. Which, you know, at first I was like, okay, like, I can't fault it for not being what I thought it was going to be. Like, I can't control that. But then, in hindsight, I was like, but because it didn't do that, it feels like it didn't accomplish what it, it, it didn't give what it thought it was giving. This film, however, in my mind, is what Promising Young Woman should have been. The premise is a journalist um, who's kind of, we would infer from what we get told, is liberal-leaning, possibly a political journalist. Um, and of course, because of this, and you know, all journalism and shit is mostly online, she gets a lot of comments in the comment sections from male trolls, um, male trolls that are definitely uh, right-leaning, um, who say awful things about her, you know, say, you know, the basics, you know, kill yourself, all that shit, but, you know, say the awful shit they would do to her and blah, blah, blah. And she reaches a breaking point and she decides, okay, so you're big man behind the keyboard and you're going to say all this shit to me. Oh, you want to do this to me? What happens when I show up at your fucking door and I'm in your face and now you have to look me in the eyes and own up to what you've done? Um, and as you can, you know, guess because it's a horror film and it went the way that I wished Promising a Woman had um she murks these motherfuckers one by one um all the while having a young teenage daughter who she's trying to instill upon her to you know freedom of speech let your voice be heard don't let others silence you like your fucking shitty principal um she also starts dating this um other writer uh, who at first she kind of seemed at odds with, but then, like, discovered, like, even though he, like, writes, like, this, like, macabre-ass shit. Um, is that you say it? No, it's not macabre. It's macabre. No. Is it? No, it's macabre. It's macabre? You learn mm-hmm. something every day, folks. Um, but he's very sweet and he's very tender and they fall in love. Um, and she's trying to, obviously, all the while keep hidden that, you know, to kind of get a spark back in her writing every time she gets stuck, she goes and, uh, murders an online troll. Um... And it was just so fun. I mean, 83 minutes and, you know, it, it's another that I would consider adding to the good for her canon um, because the whole time I was like, yeah, good for her. Literally, yes. Absolutely. Um, and I was so happy that I squeezed it in before the year's end. Yeah. I mean, I had never heard of it until you said that you watched it and you really liked it and that, that I should watch it. So I'm, you know, very thankful to you that you put that on my fucking on my list um because i don't know if i would have watched it otherwise but yeah i completely agree with you i mean promising young woman was my most anticipated movie of last year just in general because the trailer was fucking baller um but yeah i agree that it it took a turn that i understand why the film does it it was not what i wanted either um but what can you do? That's the choice they made. And in this one, they go a different direction. And I had a lot more fun with this one because it is so satisfying to watch a woman who has been like beaten down and ridiculed kind of stand up for herself 
in the most extreme way and just say, fuck you. I'm better. I'm more powerful. And you can't fucking treat me that way because this is what's going to happen if you treat people this way. And it's really funny. It's surprisingly funny. Um, and I also personally really loved the love interest man. I thought he was oh, so Oh, I loved him. I thought he was great. He was so spooky and cute and adorable. Yeah, it's it's a really, really good time. It, it is super short. I thought all the acting was really great. Mm-hmm. I believed everyone. Um, yeah, I I think, yeah, A, a plus choice. I Thank you. I don't have anything that I disliked about it. The last thing I'll say on it, mm-hmm. quickly, because I did bring up Promising Old what I can't speak, Promising Young Woman, is that... Yeah, as women, especially when you're talking about promising a woman where, like, sexual assault is pretty much the basis of the film, mm-hmm. women suffer so much violence against them. I mean, this movie, it's pretty much verbal and emotional violence. Um, it's a whole fucking bunch of shit in Promising Young Woman. What is cathartic, as a woman viewing it, who I feel like, in theory, the film was or should have been made for, it's not cathartic to me to then what the these awful men are served up is, you know. A lesson. A, 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 a verbal, like, Twitter thread lesson of, like, do you think that, like, women, because I'm, like, in no reality would a man hear that and be, like, okay, lady, just leave me alone. He'd be, like, fuck you, stupid bitch. And, like, yeah, I'm not condoning IRL, anybody kill anybody, but, like, when we're in movie land, when we can suspend disbelief and maybe have a little bit of that catharsis, wreck them send them to fucking hell immediately let their soul leave their body in the most violent way like that as a viewer as a woman is what's cathartic to me and that's why this movie works and promising a woman doesn't in my opinion yeah there's also like a deeper like mystery kind of of like trying to find the number one like big troll guy yes and that's really fun because there's like a whole like online search kind of plot of her just like being a detective and trying to find these these like shitty men kind of like trying to fucking like infiltrate like a fucking nazi gang or something and kill them all but i'm really into it i think it's also interesting because at the end of the day like this movie is also not in any way being like yeah and she's perfect she's a perfect human being and everything she does is right because it's also like we're not you know idiots the fact like she's killing people and like killing people is in fact a bad thing to do (laughs) like so but it it offers you still root for her and I think it poses that question especially near the end of like you know at the end of the day like these quote-unquote online monsters that truly see monstrous horrible things look what they've turned this woman into like her own monster and it obviously like brings up you know the question that we've had since i'm sure the dawning of the internet when people can leave fucking troll hater comments of like why like why be that evil and like put such evil out into the world because all you're going to do is receive evil back slash breed more evil and hatred yeah and i mean i think a lot of horror franchises kind of evolve into being movies where like for like friday 13th and nightmare on elm street like we're going into these movies because we want to watch the monster kill people. We want to watch them, like, fuck all these, you know, teens up. And it's kind of the same concept of, like, if I'm rooting for Freddy, then I can root for this woman who I think has more justifiable reasons in her world to do what she's doing than Freddy Krueger does. So, you know, I don't think that we need to justify why it's fun to watch it because I think it's just, like, a common thread in horror overall. Mm. Yeah, murder is bad, but in the movies, murder is fun. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, my next pick is kind of a polarizing film because (laughs) I love it, 
with all my heart and Greg loves it but I also know a lot of people including Miss Anya who did not care for it which I completely understand but I will explain I think a little bit I'm gonna remain positive why I love it so much um so please bear with me as I talk the fuck up about old Mm -hmm. by M. Night Shyamalan (laughs) me holding and vomit in my mouth (gasps) okay (laughs) I I fucking love old. I've, I saw it twice in theaters. I saw it like three days apart because oh, I saw it with Greg. You did see it twice, I remember now. I sure did. I saw it with Greg and then my one of my best friends from college, Elizabeth, was like, have you seen old? And I was like, mm, yeah, let's go see it again, bitch. And she also enjoyed it, which was great. Um, but I'm sure I don't need to give a synopsis for old, but I still will um, because it was kind of everywhere for a while. But it's a movie basically about a group of people Uh, multiple families who all go to a resort and they are taken to this secluded beach uh, for like a nice day trip and as the day goes on strange things start happening and they realize that they're aging very quickly as the day goes on I believe in the end the, the science was like every 30 minutes they were aging like four seven years something like that I can't remember the exact science but it was it was very fast essentially they would maybe make it like 12 to 15 hours before going from childhood to death um and that's like the basic premise but it works so well for me because I'm a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan in general I think that he's made some incredible films and I think he's made some really bad films but I think that this one is his best in a long time because it felt I don't even like know how to like express how much I love it the pacing of it is incredible because there's so much that happens but none of it feels like like cluttered or like too much is happening at once like something will be going on with three characters on one part of the beach and then right when it's like kind of finding its resolution something else will happen on the other end of the beach and someone will scream and you're just constantly like volleying back and forth between all these characters seeing like different things happening so I, my attention was everywhere all at once and it was great there's a character named mid-sized sedan oh, which fuck, in I and forgot. of itself deserves an oscar um also the actor who plays it plays mid-sized sedan um god forbid i can't remember his name is aaron i think he is probably the most beautiful man i've ever seen in my life aaron pierre oh my god he is an up-and-coming actor he starred in um Barry Jenkins TV show Underground Railroad that came out this year on Prime which was fucking heartbreaking and devastating and he's just an amazing actor I was so pleased to see him in this like weird comedic role um I think as as somebody who wanted to work in casting for a very long time and Anya also we both worked at casting agencies um fun fact I have no reason to though because I never wanted to work in casting but I for years twice yeah, I've worked in a casting agency and a talent agency, and casting is something I wanted to do for a very long time um, before realizing that it's kind of a heartless um, industry and it was not for me. But the casting in this film was so spot on. I was fucking salivating. As the kids age, the actors that they cast to play the older version of them was so perfect that by the end, when the last actor came in I literally thought it was just CGI of an earlier actor because it was so identical I was like I agree that the casting was fantastic I was throwing my limbs around I couldn't fucking stand it I couldn't (laughs) take it and I think the reason that I love this film so much is because I have 
a lot of M. Night Shyamalan knowledge. Because I think if you go into this film and you've never seen an M. Night Shyamalan movie before, you don't really know what you're going to get yourself into. It can be silly. It can feel a little stupid. The writing can feel a little stilted. The acting can feel a little weird. But that's all very Shyamalan. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... I feel like I go into his movies in a very similar way to how I go into like a David Lynch movie where I recognize that he has a very particular style and he creates these worlds that are not the world I live in. And that's exciting. So I go in fully suspending my disbelief. Whatever he wants to tell me in that hour and a half, I'm going to believe he can explain anything however he wants and I will accept it as fact because this is his world, this is his universe, and I'm fine with it. So, you know, the explanation at the end, I know a lot of people have issues with. For me, sure. It makes just as much sense as a fucking beach that makes you old, so why not? Just go with it. Um, I just think it's, like, a really fun time. It's really funny, especially the little boy um, in the first, like, maybe 30 minutes. He has some of the funniest lines for me, and honestly, probably this year, I was, like, fucking laughing out loud at him um yeah i just i think it checks all of my boxes it has some creepy visuals great casting excellent pacing um it's funny it's spooky it's creative it's original i want to read the graphic novel it's based on and yeah i mean i will watch it again absolutely you cannot stop me i know i can't (laughs) I didn't even know it was based on a graphic novel, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to focus on the negative. I also thought that the casting choices were really well done. Um, And I have to respect, listen, M. Night Shyamalan is constantly in his own fucking bag. Like, he knows who he is, what he likes, and what Mm -hmm. he's going to put out in the universe. And he stays true to that brand. And I have to respect that because at the end of the day then, it's like, okay, then if you're a fan of that brand, he will nine times out of ten will be feeding you very well you know whereas if you're not then at least you know like this is not for me I will say I have not seen all of M. Night Shyamalan's work the small handful that I have seen I haven't particularly been a fan of um I would like to see some of his other works to see if they do click for me I would love to have at least one M. Night film that I'm like you know what for sure um I will also say I saw this film once again by myself and in a not very crowded theater where I feel like if I had one seen it with an, a bigger audience slash with other people, it is definitely silly and camp to a certain degree Oh yeah, that I would have maybe then been able to laugh with a group a little bit more and then been like, you know what, I enjoyed it more. Seeing this in just like kind of like a huge theater by yourself isn't particularly the ideal experience, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's exciting. I mean, things are going to happen. And he gave us plenty of meme content for 2021. So we have to thank him for that. And there was near the end, not a, I won't spoil, but there's at the end, there's a moment um, with one of the adult characters in a cave that the visual yes, yes. was like really fucking disturbing to me. And I did note to myself, I was like, okay, there has now been a moment in this film that I was like, that's fucking freaky, scary good job um so yeah I wasn't particularly like I would not go out into the streets and champion and this film and knock on people's doors about it but I can respect that M. Night Shyamalan stands like the one I am on a call with currently Miss Alex Branley um will and you know what good for him good for him yeah I mean I 
like I said, I don't think, I think of the M. Night Shyamalan films you've seen, I feel like maybe you've seen more of his recent work. I think um, so, yeah. And not to say that his recent work is not good, because I, I'm not going to say that, but I definitely, the last few things he's made have not really been anything I've been jumping out of my seat for. So I think that also maybe is part of why I was so excited for it, because the trailer was so intriguing, and I don't think I've really had an M. Night film over the last five, ten years, maybe, that I've been, like, salivating for. I mean, obviously, like, Six Sense is his best film, in my opinion, um, and, like, Signs and Unbreakable. But, you know, this really hit all the the right spots for me. It was everything I wanted it to be. And I think that might be why I love it so much, because I went into it having seen the trailer and being like, okay, based on what I've seen, this is what I want. Like, I want this and this and this, and then I will be so happy because it will be so much fun. And it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was silly. It was goofy. It was campy. It had some heart. It had some comedy. It had some scares. And it just felt so well-rounded. And I was like, yeah, that was the exact movie-going experience that I wanted. I'm just leaving feeling so happy. So... I think I think my expectations also probably helped it a bit. But it's also yeah. available to rent on Prime. It's not streaming anywhere yet. But I think it's worth the six bucks, personally. Okay. 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 Um, okay. My next pick, n- number four, um, is... Why do I not have it pulled up? Oh, here it is. Is um, Last Night in Soho, the mm-hmm. Edgar Wright horror film of this year... Um, oh, Thomas and on two fucking lists. Oh, that's right. She's in old. Duh. Yeah, she is. Um, let's see here. Um, obviously Edgar Wright is well known a director. I mean, he doesn't do exclusively horror, but he has done you know some really fun horror in the past. Shaun of the Dead. I mean, there's a trilogy: The Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. Um, which I like those movies. Um, but yeah, Last Night in Soho kind of strays more into direct horror rather than like campy horror comedy um which I'm a fan of both um I really like it I mean I'm someone as I said before I think on this podcast I'm definitely more for like story over style that being said stylistically this film is so nice to look at it's Mm -hmm. so pretty um of course having a beautiful Anya Taylor-Joy in there to look at in beautiful dresses is also really easy on the eyes. Um, it's got really fun music. Um, it is just kind of like a fantasy nightmare that if you let yourself fall into, you'll have a good time. That being said, like most films that we've even talked about already, or just films in general, like it's not perfect. It's definitely flawed. There were things about it that I felt could have been done better or weren't perfect, but Overall, I really did enjoy it. It was kind of just like, once again, very easy to watch. I was invested in the story the whole way. Like, I was like, yeah, I want to know what's going on. Um, For those of you that don't know, it follows this young girl who I believe she is in London. um, And she's studying fashion. um, And she rents this apartment uh, building that's owned by this old woman. It's like her and the old woman are the only people that live in the building. um, Because she doesn't, she's essentially a little bit of an outcast. She's different than the other girl um because you know classically like she thinks she grew up in the wrong era um and so she doesn't want to live in the dorm she wants to live in this apartment building she also which is a a choice that was made early on uh that she can see the image of her dead mother occasionally like her mother's like 
apparition. Mm-hmm. Um, unclear if it's, like, an actual ghost or just, like, something she's conjuring up in her own mind. Um, but once she starts staying at this apartment and falling asleep, she will wake up in her dreams um, in 1960s uh, London, in which she meets, or rather watches, the Anya Taylor-Joy character. Um, And at first it's all fun and games. It's this wonderful fantasy. She wants to be just like this character. So in real life, when she wakes up, she's, you know, styling dresses based off of her and her classes and getting her hair cut until, you know, on one of these nights that she goes into the dream, they start getting more like nightmares. So she sees what really happened to this woman who she discovers was a real woman who actually existed um and she believes was brutally murdered by a man who is still alive so then she kind of is on this hunt to find this guy to like bring it into justice but of course she's also a young woman on her own in a big city so she's scared um and that's kind of the premise of the film until it comes to a climax of realizing like what is the truth what happened and like now you have to deal with it in real time. Um, I will say there is a visual in this film that is used over and over again that is kind of plays into the whole like she can sort of see ghostly apparitions that truly was a terrifying visual to me. And I know for some people they criticized it. Um, You know, saying like, you know, this is what men think women are afraid of. And don't get me wrong. I am the first person to jump on and shit on a man especially when they're telling a story from a female perspective and like they think they understand our fears. Genuinely, I'll speak for only myself. I cannot speak for all women. This is fears that I have. As being a young woman in a city, like, yeah, I don't like pretty much most if not all men. And I do live with the fear that like any of them at any point could just be a fucking psycho and like kill me or try to rape me or something like that. And I feel like this visual horrific kind of thing that they use throughout the movie like yeah it it worked for me I'm not gonna say it has to work for everyone but like personally I didn't find any fault with it and I thought it was very effective so yeah this was kind of like in a way also falls into the good for her canon um so you know I know some people like hate that shit too they think that's fucking stupid but you know what whatever let me have fun okay let me just live my fucking life um but yeah I recommend last night in Soho for sure yeah, that's one I, I missed when it was in theaters and I was really pissed because I was super looking forward to it. Even though I'm not a huge Edgar Wright fan personally, I know that that's like kind of blasphemous. Most people love Edgar Wright, you know. I don't think I'm, it's blasphemous. I'm, I, I like Shaun of the Dead and that's kind of it. Um, but I was very excited to watch it. Um, I, I, I feel like my expectations were met. I don't think that they were exceeded. I don't think that they were... Un- I was not un- underwhelmed. Um, I thought the plot was going to be a little bit different than it was based on the trailer which is my own fault um which is fine and I did enjoy what they did and I agree with you a thousand percent I think that the visuals I know exactly what you're talking about it was very scary it was very effective because it is such a visceral fear that I think you really only understand as a woman of like what that would be like if you were in that person's position and like you saw that coming towards you um and I also think I think as it goes, it kind of evolves into, like, other imagery that's also really scary. Kind of reminds me of, like, Blind Manor a little bit. Mm. Um, and that just, like, freaks me the fuck out. So, yeah, visually and also just, yeah, stylistically overall, the colors, the costumes, it's a gorgeous film. It's beautiful to look at. Um, I did think it dragged a little bit near the end. I thought it was a little bit lengthy. I would have 
15 minutes cut, I think it would have been, mm-hmm. you know, delicious. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was a full story from start to finish. I felt very satisfied by the end of it. And, you know, I think it's something that is very accessible for a lot of different kinds of viewers, you know, because it, it is technically horror, but it is kind of also just like a thriller, a mystery. Like, I think people who don't necessarily want to be scared or go into something that is a little bit darker would still really enjoy and have a good time with. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah really good time. Is it streaming anywhere or do you have to rent it? Do you know? Um, it is not streaming anywhere. It is another one you'll have to rent. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely on a lot of top of the year lists. I mm-hmm. think even beyond horror. Um, obviously, yeah. if you're a big fan of Edgar Wright, you should check it out. Um, I just think, yeah, stylistically, I wouldn't be shocked if it got, you know, nominated for Oscars for more like technical type shit, possibly. Yeah, I um, see that. Maybe costume design, something like that. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm never shocked with the fucking Oscars nowadays. They they stay doing crazy ass shit that doesn't even make sense half the time. Um, but yeah, so I would check it out for those reasons as well. But yeah, unfortunately not streaming yet. Okay. I, I'm sure it will at some point. But yeah, very good fun. Good movie. Good pick. I enjoyed it. All right. Oh my God, my last one. <gasps> the one that I have been itching to talk about and also the one that is most difficult to talk about without spoiling anything okay. i think so you this should be it. interesting um my i saved my favorite for last i know you started with your favorite mm-hmm. um it is i think it's my fourth favorite film in general of the year um it is a little movie called titan or if you want to be american and butcher it it's titan directed by Julia Decano, who made the 2016 film Raw, if you are familiar. It's a French film. It is almost impossible to describe the plot. Literally, if you look on IMDb or Letterboxd, I think actually one of them might have a a brief synopsis, which honestly is not even the synopsis of the film. I definitely saw like a one-sentence synopsis, I think, on Letterboxd that's like... It's not it's really not even. It's not wrong, but it's also like not it's not what, what the, the plot is. is. Yeah. yeah. But on IMDb, the plot is literally just the definition of Titan, of like, it's a metal. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, without giving away any plot points, because I went into this movie completely blind, had not seen the trailer, had not read anything about it, just heard it was fucking batshit crazy, and it was the director of Raw. And I think that that is the preferable way to go into this film, because so much happens and there are so many turning points where like the film starts out as one thing and then it morphs into something else and then it morphs into a third thing and you just truly could never guess where it's going to go next and I love that in a movie it's so unpredictable because from where we started if you had told me by the end we were going to be where we were never in a trillion years could I have guessed that and I think that's so exciting because I I find myself very often being able to figure out where stories are going and sometimes I have fun figuring out the twists and other times I'm like I just wish that they could like trick me and like let me have a fun fucking experience in this movie I did not know where it was going um but I know I'm not gonna give any plot so it's it's a little tough but I will say that it's vicious Mm. there are moments that are really hard to watch. I think the body horror specifically in this film is really difficult. I was squirming. I was hiding inside my sweatshirt in certain scenes because not only is the body horror that they're showing graphic, 
but she lingers on it for a very very long time and every time it happens you're like okay it's gonna end soon right we're gonna be done soon no it just it goes deeper and harder and more aggressive until you have to kind of look away from it there's one specific i would say the first moment of body horror in the film comes about 20 to 30 minutes in and i was crossing my legs trying to sew my body up i was like i don't want to be a woman in this moment because i could feel it i could feel it inside myself and i was like nope i hate this i hate this so much but i I also love that i love to be made to feel that way because again like it's hard to make me feel that visceral and this movie did that for me um i think the acting is incredible this is her first the the lead actress is her first film she's never acted before she's incredible i would never have known um i also think that at times it can be really heartwarming which is weird because it's a movie that is essentially about murder and sex and transformation and grief and loss and chosen family so there are moments that are very very tender and warm and kind and i think a lot of decisions and actions that are made by a lot of the characters i don't really think i would have ever done them it's like they're all the choices are like strange i'm like why would you do that why would you say that why is this the way you would react so it feels a little bit like you're living in another world which i also think adds to it but it's just like kind of sweet and nice while also being vicious and horrible it's a delightful balance i think it's probably the most complex movie I've seen this year. And I could see people thinking maybe it's a little bit messy because there's so much going on. But for me, every layer that got added just made it that much more fascinating. And there is a sequence, a dance sequence, that I think is so fucking funny and uncomfortable and awkward and embarrassing. Oh, but I was like, I was like yes, fucking get it, bitch. But I was also like dying inside a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> if you are okay with body horror and gore, then I highly recommend Titan because it's fucking batshit crazy. It's available to rent on Prime. I would, I will probably buy it instantly. I am surprised I don't actually own it. I'm surprised nobody bought it for me for Christmas. But I will remedy that soon because it's incredible. I think it's better than Raw, which also makes me just even more excited for whatever she makes next. Yeah, I mean, you had watched it far sooner than I watched it. Um, yeah. And you had compared it in ways, I think specifically to the body horror elements, to Possessor. And not that I'm opposed to body horror. I mean, it makes me squirm. But there's many movies I feel like that I enjoy that have body horror. I was not particularly a huge fan of Possessor. So I was kind of like, damn. And I have also seen Raw. I, I liked Raw. I didn't love Raw the way some people love Raw. So again, I was like... Well, shit. And I knew there was an element of this movie that I will not give away that reminded mm-hmm. me of another movie that honorary girl who cried to horror Cornelia had me watch this year that I fucking hated. I also fucking hate yeah. that movie. You should have known I hate that movie too. I would never. So I was like, okay, these things are working against this. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And I, I liked it. I liked it, and everything you said I completely agree with. I mean, you described it in the best way possible without giving anything away. It is surprisingly tender. Um, it, yeah, and it kind of is this story of these two people um, who 
in no way would you in your own mind like ever put together kind of like finding each other and needing each other for separate reasons in a way that like makes this really fucking strange fucked up movie like kind in a way mm-hmm. um but yeah body horror for yours is sure um was it made my boobs hurt i wa- i finished this movie yeah. and oh, literally yeah. all i can think about was how much my tits ached after watching this shit i was like <gasps> it's horrifying it's horrifying i mean there are definitely elements of this movie that are surreal feeling and yeah. you know i tried to do a, a minimal amount of research after i watched to be like what are these bitches online saying like i want these bitches that like do the fucking 10 minute youtube videos that are like titan explained for sure explain it to me film boys um and I didn't quite find what I was looking for, at least for this one element of the film. Like, I wanted someone to be like, this is where this happened, blah, blah, blah. But I know that the director has said that, like, she does not like explaining things, which to a degree yeah. works. Yeah, then you can interpret the film and the story however you want and whatever works for you as a viewer, which mm-hmm. a lot of times is the way art is in general. Like, it's up to your interpretation. Um, but, yeah, it was surprisingly funny as well because at the beginning – this is no spoilers. There is a scene where the lead is at a house and she is yeah. trying to accomplish something and more people just keep showing up, which makes this task even harder. And I was so shocked tonally that they like, it was just like so funny that I was like, okay, like I upped and it's very early on that this happens. And I was like, you know what? That was, that was so funny. Like that was maybe one of the funniest scenes in a movie this year. That I'm here. I'm here for whatever crazy ass fucking weird shit happens in the rest of this film. Um, and I think that's it, I think that sequence happens. is my favorite because it's so funny. It's also really disturbing. Um, I think the tracking camera work in that scene is so well done. It's smooth. It's beautiful. The soundtrack is fucking baller. They got some bangers in here, just like techno shit going yeah. crazy. Um, I also laughed really hard. There's, um, again, this is not a spoiler. There's a, a prop that's used throughout the film of, um, it looks like, I don't know what it's called, but it looks like a chopstick, but it's used for hair, yeah. like to keep hair up. And every time somebody like put it in their mouth or like did anything with it, I was just screaming inside. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love it. It was just, uh, I, I think I tried to describe this film like, I think one time after I saw it, I was like, okay, if I were to, like, give the plot description of this film, I, like, from start to finish, like, said the plot out loud. And I was like, I sound insane. That's an yeah, insane plot. behavior, for sure. You literally, you, you could not explain the plot without sounding fucking nuts. And that's so, so delightful. I want a movie that is just fucking batshit. And this movie is absolutely off the wall. I knew stuff going in, like things that people had said, and I still predicted nothing that happened. Oh no, you can't. You have because it it's also impossible. the pacing of this. It goes until our two leads meet. Yeah, the pacing, and then it kind of like slows and lets that relationship build. It is fucking out of the gate running girl like Mm -hmm. taking the fuck off and not in a way where i'm like this is bad and like the pacing is fucking haphazard but in a way where you're like you have no time like you're just like oh things are happening yeah a lot of things are happening that are going to then set up for like who this person is when they meet person two yeah absolutely it's oh it's so good christine had seen it before me and she had said like it 
from the jump is like wild. And I love that. I love a movie that I know I said for the medium, like I like a movie that will build slowly. But on the flip side of that, for something like this, I do love a movie that just, you know, starts fucking on mile three and we're just going and we are not going to stop. We're not going to take a breath until it's over. And this uh, shit does so that. good, man. I want to watch this shit again right now. All right. Well, excellent pick. Lots of I feel like we have a good, I can't remember. Actually, we had like one last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. But we have a good, I feel like, pick of uh, some foreign films this year. Makes us look yeah. cultured. Well, I wanted to do a good array of like a silly, a possessed, a ghost, you know. Good, a nice mix of things so I'm not just one dimensional of like, oh, Alex just likes fucking M. Night Shyamalan and that's it. All right. Well, for my last pick, I had been going between two choices and I told I hope Alex, you picked what I And <laughs> she. I, I was like, yeah, I'll think about it. Because she had seen both of them, so it wasn't like she had she needed to prep. And I kept going back and forth because one I have rated higher, like overall as a film for the year. The other I still really liked. And I've seen, I think, like fucking three times this year, like not even planned. So I was like, mm, which one do I do? And I'm not gonna say what the other one is just so I don't feel like I'm shitting on another film for not picking it. Um, I have to go with my fucking heart. My final pick is Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Yay! <laughs> I'm so <laughs> pleased. And I know Ugh. that, um, once again, Roberto on Rare Girl Baby Horror will be so happy. Let me just say this. Another squeakquel. I don't know what the fuck got in my fucking system this year that I was a sequel queen, but oh my god here here end of the day. i'm not gonna try to talk about this like i'm embarrassed because i'm not escape room was a banger movie because it was fun it was short and it was enjoyable i literally don't give a fuck about anything else like from the jump like it, it did fall to the trope, the first one, of being kind of like, which I feel like is a lot of movies nowadays, where, like, the whole thing is, like, it's, you know, rich people paying for lesser people to, you know, do these horrible things for their amusement. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's fucking Squid Game, girl. Like, it's, like, all mm-hmm. this shit. And, like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I prefer that we move out of that because I am, like, we don't need to do the same thing over and over again. That being said, movie's so fun. So, fucking, like, opening week of Escape from Tournament Champions – me, Roberto, and other roommate and friend Abby came with us. We went. We saw it. It was also short and sweet. It was – it ended, and we were all like, that was delicious. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, and I cannot wait for six more of these. It's oh, yeah. so good. If you don't know what it is, I mean, you can infer from the title or, or if you've seen the first one. It's a movie where a group of people get invited to participate in an escape room only to find out that the escape room is real, their lives are really on the line, and then systematically, of course, room by room, somebody doesn't make it every time until there is a winner at the end. So the winner, because there ended up being – 
two survivors at the end of the first one, even though there was only supposed to be one, um, come back for the sequel. And they're determined to find this, like, corporation that runs these games, these evil people, and shut them down. Unfortunately, on their way to do that, find that they have inadvertently walked themselves right into another grandly designed escape room. This one, bigger and badder than the last one. The sets are fucking crazy. Every fucking room they were in was a banger there wasn't a bad fucking room of the bunch and that's literally all i needed you this is the one where you can regurgitate the fucking plot every time and just give me a cool different room every time and i will sip it up gobble it up slurp it up i yeah i i've watched this film so many times this year because we rewatched it on like somebody's birthday, we rewatched it. Then we had a friend who moved to LA and he came over to visit our apartment and we were like, Have you ever seen Escape Room? And so we showed it to him. And then midway through, Roberto and I were like, So we're going to watch Escape Room 2, I think, after, if you want to stay for that. And he did. So now we're just like gathering people into the Escape Room uh, army. I, these movies are so fun. And this is a perfect example of how you can make a movie that isn't this grand thing and, you know, isn't even particularly, like, written brilliantly. Like, literally there's a line in the movie at the beginning where someone's like, oh, my God, it's it's a tournament of champions. Like, yeah. come the fuck on. But I think it's our girl from Teen Wolf. It's Miss Holland Roden. Yeah, Delicious. Baby. I think every movie going forward for the Escape Room franchise should have someone from the Teen Wolf cast. Tyler Posey Dylan. needs to be doing something. I mean, Dylan, unfortunately, I feel like, Oh, listen, I would drop fucking dead. I would be so happy. I feel like he may feel he's above it. And I'm not going to speak on that further. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think these movies are so fucking fun. They're so easy to watch. I, there, there are very few movies. I will rewatch movies. I will. Like, many movies I rewatch my life. There are very few movies that the year they come out, I will rewatch more than once. Just because I'm like, listen, there's other movies I know that I love that I'd rather rewatch before this. There's just too many movies coming out every year that I need to prioritize seeing. So the fact that I've seen this movie like three fucking times this year was the reason that I had to choose this over my other selection because I was like, on principle alone, I have to pick Escape Room Tournament of Champions. I'm so pleased because when you had originally given me your list, I was surprised to see other, the other film on there because for me it was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, and I, I was like, okay. I can say positive things about it, though. But then you sent another text, and you were like, uh, I can't. I change it to Tournament of Champions. And I was like, yeah, please. I hope, I hope <laughs> that she fucking does, because I also think it's a really fun movie. I mean, I love an all-star season. I'm always in for that shit. And, yeah, it's it's so quick. It's so easy to watch. It's just, like, fucking, like, mainlining sugar. Like it's Oh, my God, yeah. It's just sweet and easy. Ugh, it goes down so easy. I mean, I'm a huge fucking escape room fanatic in general. I love puzzles. I love trying to figure shit out. So watching people have to figure shit out. Oh my God, I will be there. You can put that movie on for 12 hours and I will watch it. Um, the pacing in this movie, I know that we've talked about it, is very, very fast. So like it goes really quick and the stakes feel really high because of it because they don't give them much time per room because this is like an elite group of people yes. who have played this before before and know how to play. So like instead of being like, you have 40 minutes to get out of this room, they're like, you have eight minutes. Have fun. And it's it just makes everything go to like level 10 instantly because 
they have no time and they just need to all work together and get that shit going as fast as they can so they're just like rapid fire shooting shit off at each other like it's really fast paced which I think works really well because I mean the movie's short in general but it feels very very quick and it feels like it's like the stakes are high like oh my god what's gonna happen like I'm stressed out it gives me anxiety and I think that's really fun um I also think that oh I (laughs) I was like what was I gonna say oh yeah my one negative thing is just that I personally think that Logan Miller is the most punchable man in the world and I don't care for him and I want to punch him but he is in this movie and that is its one flaw. It's so funny you say that because I, I him. <laughs> adore him. I think that he's oh. wonderful. I'm not attracted to him. Like, I'm not trying to bone. But I just think that he – I love him in these movies. I will say that, yes, like, in shit, like, you know, fucking love Simon. He's playing yeah, oh like, the God. worst fucking character. But to his credit, he's playing it very well. He also had a small role on um, The Walking Dead. Um there's really? definitely yeah there's something else that he was in that i remember him from and i can't think of he was in that head. college movie you really liked last year oh he? my fucking god yeah shithouse and he was good in shit yeah. house, and he was playing a fucking shithead well that's me. the thing he's a really good actor i just think he plays really snarky characters and his face makes my fist go into a ball i mean debatably in the first escape room he starts out as like kind of like a snarky character he doesn't want to fucking be there but mm-hmm. it's because of like other shit going on in his life that's kind of working against him he's just like an unhappy person as shit goes on he kind of like you know he's the least assholeish of the group mm-hmm. um debatably in this one because he's kind of grown as a character i feel like he to me was like likable the whole time like and he is just kind of like the, what usually almost gets sidelined in other like actiony movies to like the female role of like well you're the the lead action star's like girlfriend so you're here <laughs> but like you're on the side and like we have a final girl lead in this um who's definitely taking charge is the head of the show and he's just kind of her sidekick which i like and he's happy to i mean he's not happy to be there at all but he's happy to stay in that side role for her and just be like listen she's multiple times movies like this bitch saved my life so whatever the fuck she says to do we're gonna do um i'm not there's nothing wrong with his character in this movie i just he has he has become something in my mind and i need him to crawl out of that so that i well it's the same thing with like escape room movies every year he'll work his way out babe he needs to do what Mark Duplass is slowly, slowly doing because I also want to punch Mark Duplass most of the time. But slowly over the last few years, I really started enjoying him in more things and I don't really want to hit him anymore, which is nice. So now it's Logan's turn. But yeah, so that uh, was a total of 10 films from 2021 horror films we for Shersies recommend to y'all. And now we can move on to the next segment, which is every year whether they be horror or whether they be any movie, films are going to come out that we're not fans of. And instead of choosing to spend a lot of time harping on why we didn't like them or whatever, we choose to take a positive spin here at the end of the year. And we have each selected one director, per se, from this year who has put out a horror film this year that we were not particularly fans of for whatever reason. And instead of just harping on don't see this movie, instead to lift them up, we're going to recommend another horror film from their filmography that we recommend instead. So Alex, would you like to start us off? I would love to. Um, So this one is, I went through a few because there were a few films that I did not care for. And then, you know, I was like, oh, but I think that movie's good, blah, blah, blah. But what I've ended up on is... 
I'm going to butcher this last name. I apologize. Her name is Lee Janiak. Janiak. Um, I know who you're talking about. She directed the Fear Street trilogy from Netflix. Now, I'm not going to say that I hated the Fear Street trilogy by any means. I think that the first one was very good. And then I think as they went on, I liked them less. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought that there were so many really, really fascinating ideas that were set up in the first film and a lot of really cool killers. And I just think that there was so much potential for it. Personally, I think it could have maybe been suited better as a, a series or something. But I know a lot of people love these films, so I'm not going to say anything negative about them, um, you know, to each their own. I just was super excited and was not, you know, blown away in the end. But I did see a little movie that she directed, her very first film, which I rewatched last night from 2014 called Honeymoon, mm-hmm. starring Rose Leslie and Harry Treadaway. And it was streaming on Tubi, so check it out for free. It is so good. I I thought of it last night and I was like, I like Honeymoon, but like I don't know if I remember it well enough to really be able to recommend. So I found it and watched it, and I'm so glad I did because it is just an incredible movie. Um, it's essentially just this couple who have just gotten married. They are on their honeymoon. They go to her family cabin for the like a week, two weeks, however long their honeymoon is. And... One night, he, she, he wakes up to find that she is sleepwalking in the woods. And from then on, she starts to act very strange, very weird. There's physical changes. There's mental changes. There's emotional changes. He doesn't understand what's happening. He's desperately trying to figure out what's going on with her. And it culminates in a twist that typically I would not be a huge fan of, but I think for this film really, really works. And... It's so creepy, and I think it works on a lot of levels. I think it works on a basic horror level. I think it also works as like an examination of a relationship in turmoil, a relationship that is maybe changing and not what it used to be. And I think that, I mean, it's essentially just these two actors. There are two other actors who have very small roles, but for the most part, it's just Rose Leslie and Harry Treadaway. And I think they carry this film so well. I believe every word that they say, it starts off a little cheesy and you're like, okay, this might like be a little bit sugary for me, but it just really goes hard really fast and it's beautifully shot. It's like very neutral colors, like very blue and like kind of dusky. It's just so good. I really, really recommend if you haven't seen it. I think it's a deeply underrated and underseen horror film. Um, I think when it came out, it was probably very low budget. I mean, it's her first film. I don't think it got like a huge release. I had just happened to see it because it was on demand somewhere and I had heard of it. Um, but I, I really, really recommend if you haven't seen that. It's really great. I, too, have seen Honeymoon. And I have been meaning for a very long time to rewatch it, especially when the Fear Street trilogy was coming out. Um, because I was like, oh, what else has she done? And I was like, oh, Honeymoon is your only other film. I've seen Honeymoon. I want to revisit that. Yeah, um, I don't remember. I watched it a while ago. And I can't remember why the fuck I watched it. It must have been, like, randomly on Netflix or some shit. And I put it on. Like, couldn't fucking tell you. But I remember, yeah. Just, like, it ma- it was really weird. And I was like, what? And I feel like maybe I wasn't in the right heads. Because I didn't don't remember disliking it. But I can't also remember overtly liking it either so I definitely would especially on your recommendation love to go back and revisit it um but yeah and yeah in terms of Fear Street um I honestly I I was I liked the first one and I even 
pretty much liked the third one. I wasn't particularly a fan of the second one, which is strange because a lot of people think that the second Fear Street one is like the best one and in theory it should be my favorite as we know because if you are not aware y'all the second one that takes place at a summer camp and that shit's my bread and butter but did not work for me but yeah I even though I haven't seen it in a long time I think that you have made a great recommendation on her behalf thank you yeah it's just very atmospheric I think you know I it's it's very moody and like spooky and quiet. Some similar kind of aesthetic to like the night house, I think, mm. where it's just very understated and it's just so focused on the characters and their dynamic and their actions. Um, and I also noticed that you haven't rated it on Letterboxd. So you need to do that yeah, you because that is your sickness. Um, okay. Um, that was actually going to be my, I, no, it wasn't going to be a backup choice. I don't know why I said that. It wasn't my choice at all, so we're good. So I have mine ready to go. My pick um, is, uh, I'll be talking about director Patrick Bryce. He directed the Netflix film this year. Um, There's Someone Inside Your House, which I was quite excited for. It did not uh, live up to the expectations that I had had for it. So I can't, in my good conscience, recommend There's Someone Inside Your House. What I can recommend to y'all, though, is creep now i'm sure if you're a big horror fans many of you've heard of creep you've seen creep for those of you haven't um this film is in theory like on paper it like i feel like it normally isn't something that i would even enjoy and it has someone in it that alex wants to punch so much mark duplass um but I remember it was my sophomore year of college and there was a freshman girl living on our floor who my friend who was in my suite with me, Mary, talked to and she came running back to my room and Mary and I would always watch like movies. I had my little um, dorm room was really nice. It was a single and I had a TV in it and I set it up to be really cozy so that everyone would want to come in and watch shit with me. And Mary and I would always watch movies together and I would always introduce her to horror movies and she's like, this girl in our hall is talking about this movie Creep. Have you seen Creep? And I was like, no. She's like, she says it's so good we have to watch it and I was like okay so it was just like us cuddled up watching creep in our dark dorm room and it was so fun the twist that it was taking we were like what the fuck like shrieking it is a found footage film so of course I am a fan and pretty much the premise is this guy who is the cameraman it's pretty much two people in the entire film for the most part the cameraman and then Mark Duplass's character um Wait, I feel like the cameraman is Patrick Bryce, unless I'm crazy. Let me check. I, you know what? That that seems like that checks out because I remember what he looks like, and I he I is think that might be it. So the wow. cameraman is the director. Funny enough, um, so he essentially uh, cameraman sees this posting on Craigslist that this guy wants someone to come to his house and like video him because like he's like dying of something and he wants to leave a video for his son. So he goes and already like the setup, and I know that um, they've talked about the film. And said, like, the whole premise of it was, like, in general, when you, like, meet a stranger and you have, like, an uncomfortable interaction, but you're, like, nice because you're, like, your your fear is that if you, like, express to them that you're uncomfortable, it will just make it more uncomfortable. So to, like, and so they're, like, let's see how far we can push that premise into, like, a horror territory. So it's literally what it is. This guy shows up. Mark Duplass's character is a fucking weirdo. He, like, it starts off, like, innocent enough but weird. Like, he wants to, like, have him film him in the bathtub so his son can, you know, in theory, imagine his dad giving him bath time or whatever. But then he starts, like, doing weird shit and, like, 
He wants him to stay later. He shows him this weird fucking wolf mask he has <laughs> that he calls Peach Fuzz. Um, and things just quickly spiral downward as this cameraman realizes, like, okay, I don't know that I feel safe here, but I don't want to alert this guy that I don't feel safe. So now I have to in some way find a way out of the situation. Um and then it's kind of the progression of that relationship of like Mark Duplass's character latching on to him and being like, I'm not going to let you go. And as the film goes on, it's kind of revealed the nature of Mark Duplass's character until you come to a climactic ending that truly made us fucking gasp when I saw it the first time. Um, I have since shown it to other people who like weren't fans, which is fine. But of course I was like, how did you not think it was great? It was so good. And I even liked the sequel too, but I'll focus mainly on the first one. Um, yeah, so I would definitely recommend Creep as a found footage fan, as a horror fan. I think it's streaming. It, I feel like it's, it's it definitely be on, on something. It's like on Netflix or something. It's always somewhere, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Creep fan for sure. I'm thrilled that that's what you chose because it's also something that I was considering doing, but I knew that you disliked there's someone in your side your house more than I did. I did not dislike it, really. I thought it was fine, um, mm-hmm. but I love Creep. And honestly, Creep is the first movie where Mark Duplass started to, to turn for me, where I was like, I I love that that was the movie where you were like, it really I was. like this guy. Well, because I had mostly seen Mark Duplass in like, comedies he'd written and I just found them obnoxious and annoying and I thought he just like had a snarky face but I saw creep and I was like this was so fucking weird and funny and creepy and I I just I oh my god I love creep so much I also love creep too and he's making creep three fun fact um so I mean yeah I deeply recommend this movie it's super quick it's weird Christine and I quote the tootsies line about him in the bathtub we always call our toes our tootsies now because oh, of I always creep. call feet tootsies. Uh, they're tootsies. I love it. Let me see your toots. Uh, yeah, creep is, in my opinion, kind of a masterpiece. I think yeah. it's, I think it's so fucking good. I'm because oh. it's 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 uncomfortably funny too. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it's so uncomfortable and weird at points where you're like, if you were in a situation, you would laugh because you'd be like, huh, this has to be a joke. But like, this guy's never joking. Or, like, when this guy thinks he's dead serious, he's like, I'm just joshing. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Mark Duplass really commits, and it's it's a really, really unsettling performance because he does balance that, like, I'm just a silly weird guy between, between like, being also kind of haunting and, like, is he a sociopath or is he just, like, a weird yeah. dude who's sad? It's, it's really, really fascinating character study, I think. And the sequel just continues that, and I'm stoked on the third one whenever it comes out i, I cannot don't know wait coming. i cannot wait um great excellent choice i'm so pleased <sighs> yes and now we've arrived at the very last part of our new year's eve special which is the part of the episode when we look forward to the new year and we each express a film that we are excited to see in the new year obviously of the horror genre so once again miss alex what are you presenting to the group today is your pick okay well I would like to just preface before we start by saying that obviously the most anticipated movie of 2022 is Scream obviously I already have but my we're not gonna cover for opening that. night girl we're not gonna cover it because that's the obvious choice yeah. but obviously Scream is both Ami and I's favorite movie yes and I'm, I'm dying 
every second that I'm not watching it. So it's, that's just, you know, without having to say it, but I said it. Um, I have a few, so I'm just going to go with one and then I might just like toss a couple real quick at the end. Um, but I, not necessarily because of the plot of it, but because I love this director and I'm continuously so excited to see what he makes next. My most anticipated movie is Disappointment Boulevard, which is the new Ari Aster movie that is coming out. Oh my next god, year. I didn't know anything about this. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, let me briefly. Is it going to be horror? Because you... I thought I heard something where his next movie isn't going to be horror. It's a few things. So it's listed as comedy drama horror. Oh. Um, it's a decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time, and it's starring Joaquin Phoenix, Parker Posey, Parker Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, it has a really, like, a stacked cast. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that there will be elements that are not horror. But I think that in his short films, and obviously in both Hereditary and Midsommar, I do think that he has horror elements sprinkled in throughout. So I'm just going to consider it horror because it does say horror I mean, I consider both Hereditary and Midsommar very much horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're fully horror. Um, But, like, even if this does lean more towards being a drama or a comedy, there still will be horror elements to it. And I think that Ari Aster is one of the most incredible working horror directors or just directors in general of our time and I was blown away both times I've seen his films for the first time so I cannot wait I did not realize he had a new one coming out this year the second I saw that shit I was ooh, I was perky I was ready to go and that's that's the one I'm really looking forward to now Damn, well, now it's on my list. There are so many to pick from, bro. I know. There aren't even just obvious choices that I'm so excited for that it's so fucking hard to pick. Like, I don't even fucking know. But I'll go kind of off off the book again, and I will say – oh, God, it's fucking hard. I'm going to go ahead and say there's a movie coming out um, called Frank and Zed, and it is a horror that hasn't film. hasn't come out yet? No. Okay, good, because I was looking for that this year. I thought it was It's one of those ones where, like, it says its release is 2020, but then if you mm. go to IMDb, like, it, there has been no, like, actual release in the U.S. other than, like, maybe, like, a fucking random film festival, which I don't right. count. Um, it's going called Frank and Zed, and essentially it is a horror film made with entirely puppets. It's an all-puppet cast, which is the reason I had to go with this pick, just because I am a puppet stan at the end of the day. Um... It's the description is Frank and Zed tells the story of a doomed village whose king made a fateful deal to stop a demon from destroying the village years before. Now, as the prophecy comes true upon the king's death, the villagers brace for an orgy of blood. Living in a destroyed castle not far from the village are Frank and Zed, a Frankenstein type monster and his brain eating companion. As the villagers prepare to for their impending doom, the two monsters are pulled into a war of epic, puppet-mutilating proportions. This debut feature from film from Jesse Blanchard is a hilarious tale of misguided fears, innocent brain consumption, and a loving friendship. And it just seems like just like oddball enough. Like I, as I said many times, I love puppets. Give me fucking weird shit with puppets. I'm always trying to make people watch clips from fucking Mr. Needy, that show from Nickelodeon, because I'm like, isn't this? fucking cracked (laughs) and i ate this shit up um so i'm really excited for that because anything in general with film but i'll I'll specifically speak to horror that is going to do something that like is different than the ordinary like i cannot think of another horror film that is made completely with puppets um yeah i'm so fucking stoked for that give it to me immediately 
Yeah, I can't believe that doesn't already exist, honestly. I'm so glad to know that it's a 2022 movie because there was a really great article about it in Fangoria yeah. this year that like opened my eyes to it. And I have been searching, scouring the fucking web, trying to find any access to it. And I couldn't. And that makes a lot of sense because it has not been released yet. It sounds fascinating. I mean, like you said, I'm very intrigued by its originality. It seems like something I've never seen before. I also just really admire all of the work that has to go into that Holy and the time shit, yeah. and dedication to make a fucking full horror movie out of puppets. And from the article I read, it seems like it's going to not go easy on the gore. So I love that. Um, kill the puppets, rip their insides out. I'm so fucking here for it. Oh my God, I can't wait. I know, I'm so Good excited. Choice. Um, may I briefly throw out fastball a few yeah, more fastball some okay obviously nope but by, by jordan peele do you know did i tell you that there was rumors that Pedro pascal might end up in that movie oh Bitch, god I fucking god help you. In my mouth literally oh my god obviously that one is i'm very excited yes. for i don't know much about the plot but i think that's the point um don't worry darling which is a film directed by olivia wilde mm-hmm. and it's starring florence Pugh. i'm a fucking huge pew bitch mm-hmm. so i want it it seems very stepford stepford wives-esque mm-hmm. so i'm into it i just like briefly i didn't some realize that was that. horror yeah i also just didn't look that far into it just because like all the harry styles girlies are talking about it nonstop. Yes, yes, that yes, i'm yes. like i simply just cannot it seems like it's gonna be very stylized and hopefully spooky and fun i mean i like but book smart th- so Oh yeah, that's right. She did do book smart. My my second choice, because I almost went with this one. I don't know if you know that this is coming out because I didn't, and I literally gasped. Orphan first kill. What the fuck? Yeah, bitch. A prequel to the 2009 film Orphan, starring the same, the actress? same actress. Oh yeah, they are. Holy shit! It is bro. a prequel following Esther before she went to that house to see where she came from and how she became who she is, and it's directed. By the guy who made The Boy. Dog. The way this bitch been a girl boss in 2022. Holy <laughs> shit. That's I'm so fucking stoked. Oh my yeah. god. Um, did you have more you wanted to fastball? Or? No, that, that's it. I'll fastball a few too. Um, Black Phone that got pushed back to 2022. Yep. Um, written by, um, oh my god, I always forget his fucking name. Uh, C. Robert Cargill. Um... I believe he's one of the writers, and then Scott Derrickson mm-hmm. is the director and writer. Uh, I follow Cargill on Twitter, and he always gives great screenwriting advice. And even though I wasn't a fan of Sinister, I know that's, like, blasphemous to say. I've tried many times. I can't get into it. Uh, I have to support him, and I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm also excited for another film that's completely stop motion and apparently has taken years to make called Mad God um, that was on, I think, like, one of Letterboxd's, like, top – 2021 horrors but of course is not available currently anywhere because it's not technically really out cannot wait for that one and i will make my last one um one that you might be interested about alex i don't know if you're aware of it it's called um the bloody benders the synopsis is a family a family owns and operates a creepy hotel in the late 19th century where some of the guests who check in disappear mysteriously it is directed by Adam Robitel, I believe his last name is, who is the director of both Escape Room movies, The Taking <laughs> of Deborah Logan, and um, Insidious: The Last Key. Okay, I don't, I didn't. That's probably my least favorite Insidious, but that sounds very, very fun. I'm, I'm intrigued by all of them. So I can't there's wait. a lot. It's to gonna look be a good to. year for horror. Yeah, I mean, every year, even this year, I was looking at my list yeah. after we like made our selections. And obviously there's overlap for some that you picked that I definitely would have picked if you hadn't. 
But I was like, there's at least 20 films this year, horror films, that I was like fully ready and comfortable to be like, yeah, you should see this. This was really good. Yeah, I had other options that I could have yeah. done. There, this was a really good year. I'm pleased. But I feel like next year might be even better. Oh my God, I can't wait to see if any of these that we just brought up will be talked about in I like know. next December. Oh, can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right. Well, thank you guys for another year uh, with us and listening to us throughout the year. I mean, even if you just listen to this episode, thank you so much. I hope that it was enjoyable for you as it was enjoyable to record. But yeah, I mean, as always, I says last for at the end of our last New Year's episode, we just want to say we're very grateful to everyone that listened. Um, we got Spotify podcaster stats this year and like something, like it was like some crazy, like our fucking like subscribers went up like a crazy amount which i'm sure is like if you don't have that many and you get like one or two more it's like you're <laughs> skyrocketed um, no it was pretty it was pretty big but either way anyone that's here and listening or follows or whatever is greatly appreciated um we have a lot of fun stuff in the new year in general i mean we'll be finishing up season two in the new year and starting season three we have so much to look forward to so much to share with you all um and quickly we you can as always we always ask you please rate us on itunes if that is available to you because it really helps out the podcast and it gets us seen by more people and it's just really nice and we appreciate it but spotify has now updated in the most latest version of spotify if you go onto our like if you go to podcast you search us or if you follow us go to our podcast page on spotify and near the top there should be an option to rate the podcast and you don't have to write anything i mean you don't have to write anything on itunes either although it is nice when you do that but it's very low stakes for spotify just go on give us five stars you fucking creeps and it will once again really help out the podcast um get us hopefully in the sights of more listeners um we'd love to have along but yeah that's our wish for the new year is that you guys will rate us on spotify yeah and if you don't like us then you know what happens to people who troll online if you listen to us talk about the columnists so maybe just don't leave a review if you don't like us yeah listen if you don't like us like just be like a good samaritan and like why like just give us five stars or if you <laughs> listen it's not that hard no one's gonna know um and it, truly if that's painful to you just don't just don't rate us then but don't be one of those people that's like, mm, I'm maybe three stars. Because that's just mean. That's just mean. We don't make money <laughs> off of this. Okay? Don't be mean. I wish we made money off Girl, don't I. If we made money, book. y'all could give me one star. Go off. Um, but, True. yeah. So, that concludes The Girls Who Cried Before for 2021. But we'll be back in January. We've already got a great episode that I'm really excited about um, on the way. Um, and don't worry, guys. It's really horny. Just like all the other ones. It's horny, it's creepy, it's crawly, baby. Yes, it is. Um, and, of course, as always, keep it creepy. Happy New Year. Happy Bye. New Year. Bye.